0: Touch pass there, Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my!
1: Into
0: the middle, holding, back
1: top, shooting, shot blocked, got it back, shot, scores! Fast forward of stop check. Back or play score! <laughs> in front. Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner.
0: Welcome into the season debut of WHL Unfiltered. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not joined by my co-host Sean Mullen today, but he will be back for subsequent episodes. And we thought we'd kick it off with the defending WHL champions with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Pleased to be joined by Kurt Hill, the general manager and president of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Seemed like uh, pr- pretty pretty good off season there, Kurt. Have a little bit of you know success to to look back on on the the previous season. Yeah, well, the season went pretty deep pretty
1: deep into the start of summer, which was uh, obviously a really good thing for us and really rewarding. And um, you know, it didn't it didn't feel like a very long off season? But uh, maybe that was just with with all the celebrating we were we were doing after winning winning the championship. But um, yeah, you know, it was looking back on it now it was. Lots of fond memories. Obviously, things that uh, myself and probably every member of that team is going to remember the rest of the li- their lives. And um, but yeah, now we're on to a new season here quickly and a new chapter of uh, Oil Kings hockey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm always you know lucky to have you, you on the show, you know, now a, a few times now, and it kind of makes sense because you know I just pumped your tires the whole time, and you know for for good reason. I mean, you had nothing but success since you came into this league. It's it's uh kind of kind of make it look easy, making the other guys look bad.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I was b- very fortunate to take over um, take over a club that had a lot of really good prospects. You know, and you know the pre- previous general manager did a great job with the, with the, the draft, and you know the, a lot of the scouting staff that we had then are still here now, and you know, so the work that they put in is is instrumental to the success that we have, and you know, we were fortunate enough to take some pretty elite players over here and myself and the coaching staff instilled a culture that we wanted here and uh, made the right moves at the right time. And it all came together at the end to get another championship here to, to Edmonton.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it makes sense. You know, you're standing on the, the shoulders of the previous, you know, regime and, and coming into it with a certain amount of assets and players, but, you know, it's, it, it it's kind of, you know two three years into it is kind of when it's really your guys that you know that you've drafted that you've developed that you listed that you traded for and you know the the two opportunities that you know we didn't have playoffs and and then when you finally get around to uh you know have that opportunity like you know you guys you certainly made the most of it
1: oh no certainly and you know not having the chance to play in playoffs those two years that uh you know, it did, it did a couple things. It made you really want to make moves for, for the players that, uh, were here and went through that, wanted to win and never got the chance to compete. Um, and twofold to that, you know, it gave us a chance to, to stockpile assets. I guess you would say like us not having a draft. It gave us a whole nother year of draft picks that were in play. Um, and us not really making any big deals the year of the, the bubble. You know, that year we arguably maybe had our best team going into the season and, You know, looking back now, we would have probably significantly added that year and would we had enough to to add another year after? I don't know. So I mean it really gave us the opportunity to make multiple splashes in the trade market last year. And, you know, when I look back at the deals, there's there's three significant deals that we made. And not that the other ones from an asset standpoint, I mean, they were all significant to us winning in the end of the day, the smaller deals with Kubacheck and Weeb and some of those we did, but you know the three big trades where we spent significant assets were with Prokop, Gooly and uh, sort of at the deadline and to be able to make all three in one year would have been tough I think if
0: we uh would have had to add assets the year of the bubble. Yeah, I definitely wanted to touch on those acquisitions. I mean, those are you know as close to uh household names in our league as, as you have and you know especially with uh you know, bringing a nice defenseman and, and pro cop in from, you know, a division rival, you don't see that every day. But, you know, that was, that was an interesting trade when, when when that one went down. Yeah, you know, I think it was just something
1: that, you know, Jeff in Calgary, he's, you know, he was in a position where they were, you know, looking to just accumulate some assets. And we might have just had the right players to make it happen, you know, not every day you're going to get the Uh, 18 year old former first round pick and Keegan Slaney back and a good draft pick and and another depth D to go on top of that. So I think, uh, you know, maybe at that point we were, it was pretty early in the season and, you know, I went into the year knowing that we were going to have some pretty significant D graduating in Matthew Robertson and Ethan Capp. You know, I knew that we were going to have to definitely add on the back end and I was pretty aggressive early on in that. And, you know, maybe that aggressive nature and willingness to, to do what it took to get uh, the deal done, maybe that helped get that one across the line, even though we were in the same division.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's a guy that in, in Jeff Ch- Chanel that definitely knows the, uh, the ebbs and flows of this league and has, has surfed that wave successfully a few times himself and, and knows the you know, the, 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 other side of the, of that coin, the, the, the acquiring assets side of it. So that, that makes sense as a, as a guy that, uh you know, he's, he's been around the block.
1: Yeah, no, he's again very, uh, very veteran manager in the league who's won, you know, championships, Memorial Cup. Um, so I think he's uh, one of those guys that's been around and understands the cyclical nature of the of the league.
0: Yeah, I watched watched his team win a championship in 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 our building here actually, but you know, a couple of years before the the Oil Kings did the same feat here in a, a building you're going to be visiting here uh, in, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, and just looking at this this roster, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty typical in that you know, once you you build that championship roster, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of 19s, a lot of guys that, uh, that are moving on, and you know, pretty pretty uh, rookie heavy at, at the moment and with uh, with the current rendition of the Oil Kings.
1: Yeah, you know it is. It's you know, the majority of our rosters, guys who probably played less than 50 games, you know, 60 games in the league, and some guys that are playing their first games here over the last over the last week so in saying that you know we've done a couple things and you know our 0-4 group really uh, we needed to revamp that a little bit and I mean we knew going into this year we were going to have the opportunity to bring some free agents to camp uh, and older guys that maybe would have an opportunity to make a team and that in the last four years I've been here we haven't really brought in any 18 year old or 19 year old free agents to maybe come and us have an opportunity to play them in a significant role so you know this year we had Invited some of the older guys to camp, um, and you know, through that, um, Marshall Finney, an 18-year-old player this year, um, came to camp pretty much as a listed player and made our squad. And he's been one of our best players here early in the season. So, um, having the opportunity to do that and uh, you know, kind of rejuvenate some guys' careers, um, you know, that's it's been really refreshing for me, and just um, at the same time we've got some younger guys still that uh, it's going to be a bit of a process with them. It's just about being patient. You know, I often, if you're not the elite of the lead of the draft every year, it's oftentimes it's when guys enter their 18 year old year, or even halfway through their 18 year old, where they, they really start to make impacts in this league. And, you know, we're going to have guys right through our lineup that are 20, right through 16, that are going to play significant minutes this year, but it's just going to be about allowing them to play, allowing them to make mistakes. And, and our coaching staff really working with the development of those players to uh, ensure that uh, they're coming along the right way.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this league's always been, you know, in that, that way that you can find guys that, you know, maybe just didn't get the right opportunity or, you know, maybe they grew six inches, you know, in the last year, since, you know, the, the last place I got cut from or whatever. And, you know, if you can, you know, find the, find some of these guys, these late bloomers, then, uh, you know, you could give give them an opportunity. And it sounds like, like you have, have a couple of guys that are, that are jumping at that.
1: Yeah, no. And again, you know, it's, sometimes it's, uh, as much as you want to do that, it's, uh, when you're, you know, the last couple of years, I think we, we, you know, we had competition in camp for only a couple of spots and then you got your, you know, we knew we had to bring some younger guys along that, uh, are high picks and, you know, we had to get them into the system, had to start playing them. And, you know, I think that's one of the things we were fortunate last year. I mean, we had four 16-year-olds on our team, and you win a championship with four of them. You know, their experience that they got, I think, will be invaluable. Whether we're going to see that right away here this season, I don't know. But I think as we move forward, you know, those four guys and uh, the guys that have been here the last couple of years that went through that championship run, I think it's going to be pretty critical down the down the road here. And uh, when we get to a point where we start playing important games, um you know, hopefully are in the post season, that's going to be a really invaluable experience that they have.
0: Well, and even, you know, even just having, ha- having guys around, you know, during that run, you know, your black aces, if you will, I mean, that has to be really valuable as far as, you know, experience moving forward. And that should pay off here in the next, you know, couple of years when the, when the playoffs come around, right?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It will. And, uh, Again, it's just it's just tempering expectations, and it's just making sure that you know we're putting players in situations where they they can succeed and build confidence in this league. And you know, there's going to be probably nights where we're going to be a significantly younger team than some of the teams going for it this year. And it's you know, those are going to be nights where our younger guys are going to be really challenged, and that's going to be you know, those are those are exciting tasks to take on as a group. And you know, there's going to be other nights where you know, we're going to look really good and other nights where we're going to look like a young team. So it's just going to be all about being really patient with the development of players. And, and, um, you know, I think having Luke Pierce as our head coach, now a guy that's been through, uh, been a head coach with a team that, uh, you know, was really retooling at a point. And, uh, you know, I think we have a lot more assets here than, than those years when he was in Cranbrook, but I think he really understands what it is to, to take a group and, uh, And um, of younger players and really develop them and really focus on them coming together as a team, which, you know, I think with our group now, it's what's going to dictate how good we are this season is how quickly we can come together as a group because we're young. But in in my opinion, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, you're going to have to come together as a group and you can accomplish a lot together.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've, you've identified, you know, the, you know, essentially the the biggest challenge of this year. I mean, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a, a a champion for a couple of years there. And then you go back to, you know, Prince Albert and, you know, it took, it took everything they had to, uh, all all the assets that they spent to get over the top and, and they've had a struggle and, you know, Swift Current, they're still, they're still not dug out out of their hole. And, you know, you look at, you know, when, uh, you know Saskatoon went through before that, and so you, it's it's been difficult, you know, for the teams that have won it to, uh, you know, for the next next couple of seasons. And so, you know, you mentioned that you think that, you know, you guys still have more assets than, uh, you know, than than a lot of championship teams. But you know that that's uh that's going to be interesting to see how how you guys you know react to 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 having to, to that challenge. Yeah, it's uh, again,
1: it's. It's really just focusing on, you know, what, what the most important of the organization is at this time. And at the end of the day, it's, it's got to be the development of the players I've mentioned multiple times on this call. Um, and, you know, you only get to, to have other guys come back every so often and really show our young players what it's, what it's all about, what, what we did to be successful, what you have to do day in, day out to, to be a good player in this league. And, Fortunately, we have those guys right now. So it's how much and how quickly the younger guys are going to be able to learn those habits and, and do that. And I think, you know, going back to when we were making the moves in the last four years since I've been here and, you know, having, having Luke here those years, Brad, obviously at that time, but he's gone now, but having Michael Chan, our director of scouting around for a lot of it. So, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is having a plan, what that plan looks like when you're going for it and what that plan looks like when, you know, you're on the flip side of that. And, you know you can't deviate from that plan and you got to make sure that uh, you're making the right moves uh, for the organization um you know if you if you want to get back quickly
0: so when you when you took this this job you know and it's a, it's you know pretty prestigious to move up to this level and there's only you know 22 spots open you know did you did you see yourself going 154 and 46 in the first 4 years Seven sixty-seven win percentage. I mean, you think it was just like like breaking sticks? I mean, I'm I'm still just you know amazed at the at the success you guys have had up there.
1: Yeah, I guess when you break it down that way, you know that's uh, those are pretty lofty expectations uh, to really walk in anything and expect to be that successful. But I mean, you know, I've always approached it here. It's it's a process. It's every day is a new day. Every day is a new challenge, and you know I think staff we've had here and the players we've had here that's what we've preached and you know it's uh we come to work every day and and uh we do what we got to do to get better and that's really what what it's been about and it's been about having a plan and having an identity as a group you know we've been really successful at uh at having that and delivering that but at the same time i don't think you're you have that success or you have that delivery if the players don't buy in and you know, I think that was one of the biggest things when I first got here, and when Brad got here, that group that first year, they really bought in to to what we needed to do to be a good team that year. And I remember we got out of the gates at home; we were four and all, and we came down. We came down to the U.S. We had a six-game road trip. We went into Cranbrook, we lost in a shootout, and then we came through the through the U.S. Division. We went zero and five, and we came home not really knowing what our team was at that time, and then. You know, fortunately, uh, we had a really significant home stand and and we kind of got back on track. And ever since then, it was the identity was kind of set here and it was just about us maintaining that and, us, and um, having that buy in from players every year. And, you know, when I think back to that year one and then moving forward the last four years, you know, one thing that really stands out to me was last year through our playoff run. A lot of those players that had been here over those four years that were no longer on our team and no longer to be a part of that run. They were totally invested into our team's run that year and last year into winning like the Trey Fixelansky's, the Matthew Robertson's, like some of those marquee players that had been here, um, and were, you know, instrumental in just creating the, the success we had and that buy-in, like I spoke, what I talked about. Um, you know, that really kind of, hit home with myself and a lot of the staff with how much this meant to them being a part of this group here. And again, that just speaks to I think why we had success because we had guys like that bringing the group along.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it it seems like from the outside anyway, that a lot of it is, you know, building a a culture, you know, and you mentioned, you know, bringing in, you know, Luke Pierce and, and and setting the tone that way. And, and so, you know, some of these guys, yeah, the the Fix Volanskis of the world that, you know, helped build that, you know, that uh, of course they're going to be invested in the, uh, you know, the the next group of guys that they're trying to, to pass that torch down to. And that's, you know, that that's uh, as much as it's, it, it seems obvious. It's still pretty nice, fun to hear about.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, it just, it's a testament to what, what, what it meant to them. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's just, it's something you look back on and when guys like that, they want to be around you. You know, it's, not oftentimes you get to reflect and say, okay, like, you know, how are we doing? What kind of job are we doing on, on the people outside of hockey? And they're they're like, how fun are we making this rink? And every day when guys show up, do they want to be here? So when you see guys after they graduated, still reaching out, still coming back, I think, uh, you know, I think that really gives you a bit of clarity on what kind of identity and culture is actually instilled in the room. Cause we can talk about it all we want. We can talk about culture all we want, but I think it's more actions like that. And, uh, you know, that really kind of show you what you're, you know, what you're talking about and what you're trying to instill in your group is working, if it's working or not.
0: Well, let's, you know, let's dig a little deeper on, 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 uh, Trey Fix-Wolanski. I mean, that's a guy that, you know, has that unique, you know, build to him physically. And, and it seemed like he wasn't getting a lot of opportunity before, you know, he showed up. You know, there with, with with the oil kings. I mean, what was what was that process like? Giving him an opportunity and bringing him in. Yeah, you know, he's another. He's one of those guys that I was very fortunate to
1: in, inherit when I when I took over the job. You know, I know that uh, at the time, I think that I was working you know in Chicago or the league office at that time, and he was playing in uh, Spruce Grove and wanted an opportunity in the league, and um, the previous GM was able to make that. That deal happen, and again, it's one of those things where a smaller body guy like that that has this unbelievable skill set. You know, sometimes uh, those guys have the ability to come to the league and and really make it work, and sometimes it doesn't work. And you know, with him, it was from I think from day one when he got here, it was going to work. And you know, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed in him year over year, even now, like now that he's knocking on the door to make Columbus, is he's really focused on his conditioning. Um, and that's been the, the biggest thing that I think's really been a- enabled him to become the elite player when he was in the league and the elite player that he's now continued to be playing in the American league and now having a chance to, well, he's played NHL games, obviously, but now he's, he's kind of knocking on the door to become a full timer.
0: Yeah. You love to, you love to see that, you know, progression with, uh, with your guys that, you know, went to war for you. Who's, um. Who are some of the guys on this this current oil oil kings team that you're excited about this year, and 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 who do you think you know in the next next couple of years that you're uh, you're penciling in to you know uh, you know do some damage for you down the road?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, we, I've talked about that with a few people, and it's interesting because
0: it's you know
1: I'm I'm excited about a lot of guys on this team because it's it's such a young team. It's you know there's so much upside that every player has right now there's so much to talk about with each guy there's individual development plans with everybody it's you know everybody's young for the most part that you're super excited to work with them all I and mean, they're very eager right now which you know i think is something that's really encouraging you as a staff is how eager the guys are to work and to want to get better so you know from that standpoint i'm excited to work with a lot of guys that we have here on the, with this group right now you know i think our goaltending with Colby Hay and Alex Worthington, I think we got two really, really good Western Hockey League goalies there that are both going to have pro opportunities. I know Colby Hay's already gone to camp, and and I, I'm, I'm for certain that Worthington once he starts playing this year is going to be a guy that's going to be on uh, the radar of some pro teams once he gets going in the league. You know, our D core, we got some of the older guys, veteran guys that have been around, but. Uh, you know, from a 16-year-old standpoint, Carter Qualic was, or sorry, 17 now. He was 16 for us last year. You know, he's a big, um, hard-working defenseman who plays a real old-school physical game and just a guy that loves to be at the rink and get better. So it's, you know, he's a very exciting player to work with. And, you know, we added a young player this year, Ethan McKenzie, um, you know, out of out of POE Kelowna, that had a really good start with us, really poised with the puck on the power play. And, you know, a guy that I think is going to be a big part of things here in the future. And, you know, to name a, a few other 16 year olds that aren't with us right now and Reese Peterson, Parker Alcoast, those are guys that, you know, we sent back to midget to get more ice time. And then, um, you know, another guy that I think about on the back end here in the future who could for certainly play in the league right now is, is Blake Fiddler, who we took first overall in the U S prospect draft last year and, and he signed with us. And, you know, Blake's going to, gonna for certain be a high profile player moving forward and a guy that as i mentioned a 15 they have no problem playing in the league but he's got to go back obviously with our rules and then and then up front you know it's uh it's like i said before we're a young group but there's lots of exciting players there that uh we're gonna get to work with and Cole miller and dawson sites two former first round picks in our league um you know we just made the deal with mason finley with calgary and he's been off to a great start with us it's gonna be fun to work with him and uh Obviously, Gavin Hodden at our 06 first-round pick. And he's uh, been off to a great start with four points in three games. And, you know, a, a smaller player uh, that, uh, you know, just knows how to play small, and knows how to put himself in good spots. Reminds me a lot of a, of a Matthew Phillips-style player that played in Victoria.
0: You know, you you mentioned the, the U.S. draft, and that's something that's still, you know, fairly new to, to all of us, you know, and, and probably, you know, Kind of hurts the the U.S. based teams in in a way. You know what's what's been your your strategy with uh, with going into that? You know, is, is it's is it similar to to the Euro draft? Like how much of it's best talent available, and how much of it is you know trying to get a guy that you can actually you know get to sign?
1: Yeah, I think it's too. I, I think a little bit of both. I think it depends where you're picking. Really, like you know, I've we've been fortunate to have. Uh, in, well, there's been three drafts now, so we've had we've had the third overall pick. Uh, I think I think the second year we had the 17th overall pick, and then last year we had the first overall pick. So, and then vice versa in the snake in the second round. So I think in the second round, you know, for for us, it's 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 pretty consistently been we're just going to take the best player that we we think that will at least come to camp, so we can showcase Rogers Place and showcase what we have in Edmonton, and with that first pick you know, when we were picking high with those, with those two picks, we wanted to get a player that we really thought was going to be a part of our organization and come and play. And, you know, with Alexios Giorgakos the first year we picked third overall, it's, you know, COVID kind of hit us and we couldn't get him up here. And, you know, he he was playing out at, uh, out in the academy in Eastern the U.S. And I think COVID just provided a lot of challenges. In that. And then, you know, last year with having the first overall pick, um, you know, I, I focused a lot of my attention on that with Michael Chan. And, you know, that was something with us not having, having a first pick in that draft after we made the deals. We needed to hit on that pick and we needed a player to come to this league. And, you know, we put our, our recruitment hats on and, and we did, uh, we went down and we talked to every single player that was high end in the U.S. And, you know, fortunately uh, Blake Fiddler, you know, 6'3", right shot D, who's got a ton of skill and poise and wants to be a player. He wanted to be a, he wanted to come to Edmonton. Wanted to be an oil king. And at the end of the day, that uh, we we're very fortunate that, that that worked out that way, and we were able to get the player that we did.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's it's an interesting you know setup to have. Well, I guess we have you know three drafts now, really, and then you're listing guys on top of that, and it, you you have to come up with a you know a different strategy for 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 all of them. I mean, is it kind of? You know, you you probably like having that extra challenge because then it's an extra opportunity to make your team better, right?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's just you know every every draft you you like to think that if you're you're gonna put the work in and um, you know you're hope you hope you're doing it better than the 21 other teams in the league and that's gonna give you an advantage to to you know be good year over year or be able to, to go through these cyclical things and get back to where you want to be relatively quickly and. Uh, you know, so there's definitely different strategies that go into every, every draft though. And, you know, the, I would, I think your comment was saying the U.S. draft is a little bit more similar to the, to the uh, import draft. I'd say that's pretty fair assessment. You know, I don't think it's all the way there, but I think it's pretty fair. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the Canadian draft, obviously a lot more of a traditional draft where, where you're, um, you know, you're making selections, um, based on best player available for the most part.
0: You know, you you mentioned, you know, uh, Carter Kowalik as a as a more of an old school stay at home defenseman, and it kinda got me thinking that it, i I kinda wonder if that style of defenseman is maybe gonna come back or maybe is coming back a little bit. I mean, you know, for you know, years and years we've went, you know, a little smaller, lighter, faster, you know, first pass you know, kind, kind of guy, and, and I kind of, you know, sometimes you miss that, you know, Adam Foote, you know, uh, Mark pesic you know, style of of, uh, of, of defenseman. I just kind of, you know, you, you have a, you, a pulse of, on what the, the, the next generation is going to be. I mean, do you think that that's a, do you think that's a thing we might see more of here coming up? Yeah, I, the
1: interesting thing about it is I think every year we go into the league and, and You know, I hear you talk to other GMs around the league and you have common dialogue on deals and what teams need when they're trying to improve. And, you know, (laughs) the guys that are the hardest to find now are the throwback, the old school guys. that uh, They're all about compete. They're all about, you know, finishing checks. And they're extremely hard to play against guys that have intangibles that are really hard to find. And there's a huge shortage of that player nowadays. (laughs) So when you get one of them on your team, it's, you know, it's it's a it's huge for your group. And at the end of the day, those are guys that are extremely um, sought after throughout our league, I would say. And, you know, I look at our team last year and, you know, we really needed to add some of those players if it was going to put us over the top. And, you know, when we played Seattle in the final, they are, they're a team that has a lot of those players. And that was that final series last, last year was, that was a dogfight. That was a big, that was a big boy hockey series. That was very, very physical. And, a little bit, a little bit old school, which was great. It was, it was amazing to be a part of. That's what, it, that's what it was. And you know, I think about some of the guys, and the Kub- the Simon Kubachek that we added. You know, the Jackson Weeb. Like these are guys that you know they love the trenches, they love the battle, the compete, and you know, and a guy like Carter Qualich, the exact same player. He loves, he strives, and feeds off those two things. So. I think when you say it, is it going to come back? I, I think it's going to come back because teams and managers and coaches are—you need that element in your lineup at the end of the day if you want to win. And I mean, you could take all the skill you want and be be an amazing regular season team, but when you get down to it, and you got to go through four four best of sevens and get to a Memorial Cup and try to win, it's—you uh, know—you're going to need those guys that are in the trenches.
0: Yeah, the Thunderbirds have kind of always had for years and years. They love those six four, six five, two twenty defensemen. You know that they might not, you know, get around as as quick as you'd like them to. But you know, they're certainly you're not you know setting up in, in, in the slot on the power play and, and getting away with that because you're gonna take a you're gonna take a beating from them and you know, that, and, that, and that's the Seattle team too. I mean, I, I really didn't expect to see them, to see the run they put together. I, I underestimated them and, you know, I had their, their radio voice Tom Boyning, on the show and, and he's pointed out that they, they hadn't been healthy until, you know, kind of game one of the playoffs. And, and so they, the, the, sum of their parts, you know, we hadn't really seen. And, and, you know, I didn't know if I really bought what he was selling, but, you know, it turns out that they were, you know, they, they wrote it all the way to the, to the finals and and you know until they ran into you know a better team with the, the oil kings i mean what you know you, you touched on a little bit what that what that battle was like i mean you know you want to maybe go a little more into depth of what what that that seattle team brought yeah well they were a heck of a hockey team i'll tell you that and i know they got
1: a lot of guys coming back so they're going to be a they're going to be one of the marquee teams in the league this year obviously and But no, it's just, you know, they were one of the teams that physically was able to answer the bell. I thought in the first three rounds, it was, you know, you know, we had the skill, we had the elite players on our team, but our elite guys, they could answer the bell physically. And we really were able to take series over and take games over because we were relentless. And at the end of the day, we were a bigger team that could, you know, we could, we could, you know, get a little bit physical and make it hard on teams. And, uh, at the end of the day, when we got to the finals, you know, they were, they were a team that was, had the ability to answer that at times. And, you know, and at, at times in the series, they clearly did a better winning a couple games that series. And at the end of the day, I, you know I thought our, our guys, you know, they really, they really prevailed through it. And, and, um, you know, found ways to, to win hockey games. And, you know, we made adjustments on our special teams, I think significantly as the season, the series went on that, uh, Really gave us that opportunity to close that out at the end.
0: What you know, we talk about expectations and, and managing expectations. Now, you know, coming off of a you know a, ch- a championship run, you know, was this the first year that the Oil Kings and Oilers both made the playoffs? Is that right? First, first year in Rogers' place. yeah. they both made it. Yeah, and you know, I, I just kind of I always wonder, like, you know, what that. You know what that uh, scene is like. What's the, what's the, the the environment with? You know, I mean, obviously the Oilers are you know top fiddle, but then when you put together you know the the, the product on the ice that that you have over the last several years, you know it's it, is what what's the is is there pressure? I mean, is it? I mean, I just kind of wonder what it's like to 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 be neighbors with the the Oilers, but also be a better hockey team than they are.
1: Well, I think just in general, last year, there was a lot of pressure no matter what. Like you were the team that at the start of the season, people were predicting the win and you you, you had the target on your back right away. And then you start making moves and you add significantly. Uh, you know, the pressure's on. You got to get the job done. Um, our guys were able to do that. I think to speaking about being around Rogers place with the Oilers, I mean, it's our relationship with them is is tremendous. Um, you know, the coaching staffs have dialogue all the time. Our guys get the opportunity to see that. The players and them them skate and visiting teams come in and skate and really get that understanding for for what it's actually going to take to be a pro day in day out and see it, um, you know. But I think one of the biggest things from from I guess the Greater Oilers Entertainment Group perspective of people that just work there and you know our staff and the Oilers staff is when when you're around success, it just it makes you want to be better and it gives you that energy every day. And I think specifically last year and after Christmas when the Oilers went on their run and we were rolling, going through the playoffs and they were, and, you know, we also, Bakersfield's a great hockey team too. It's, you know, the entire organization is just, you know, it it makes it, it, it makes it a lot of fun and it makes your energy be extremely high and it makes you, you want to come into work and work a little bit harder every day. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a fun thing to be around. And that, that culture again, just was instilled right through the entire organization last year.
0: I know you know you're not in the the job of selling tickets at least not directly but you know I always wonder does if the Oilers are bad does it help the Oil Kings if the Oilers are good does it help the Oil Kings I does is it is it kind of kind of irrelevant I was I was wonder what that dynamic is too you know.
1: You know, when I first got here, I kind of wondered, like, I, I remember us, us seeing games and I'm like, geez, we have a, we have like one game in between two Oiler games and a, on a, you know, the Oilers play Thursday, Saturday. We play Friday night. I'm like, that's ah, probably not going to be a great crowd. And, you know, one thing about Edmonton is if when hockey is rolling and there's success going on and it, it just seems like the more hockey there is, and the busier the building is, I guess our crowds have been better. And, you know, right through that run, I think obviously, I guess in the, in the, in the, in the Playoff run last year it probably probably limited our crowds a little bit, but our fan support through the playoffs was fantastic. And you know, I'm that last series. I mean, our nights we had we had significant significant crowds, full lower bowls in that building, and uh, that was huge for our guys to feed off of.
0: Yeah, I've always I've always admired the uh, the all you can eat ticket special. I mean, not literally like the you know popcorn and stuff, but the you know hundred bucks for as far as you guys go or 120 whatever we're up to now. I always like that that concept because you only got to make it to the second round before you're you're going to games for free. I, I, I love that idea. Yeah, I know the business staff here does an incredible job with, with everything they do. And, you know, I think,
1: yeah you know, I'm pretty sure that that had been around ever since, uh, you know, they were going on the runs against Portland. That's always been a model they've had here and have a lot of success with it. And I think it's just, you know, it's just a way to give back to the fans who through the regular season, whether you – you're a season seat holder or you, you, you know you buy a 10 game pack or you, you show up two nights it's it's just a way to give back to everybody who's supporting junior hockey in the city
0: so i mean I, this is the the first episode of of our season and so that's kind of why i wanted to reach out to to, to you and, and represent the oil kings as far as you know the the most recent champion we've had and i, I know there's no there's no real time off you know for a guy in your position but I mean, how long did you guys, or or you as an individual, really to kind of soak up that win before, you know, before it was time to go back to work? I mean, how long did you get it to, to 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 live that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think you live it the night you win, and then obviously
1: you're onto the Memorial Cup, and you're you're planning and you're you're doing whatever you can to get your team ready for that and get your mindset ready for that. Um, I think once we got back from the Memorial Cup, you know, it's an interesting thing when you, when you, you go to an event after you win a championship and you lose. And, you know, I think it was pretty damper coming back because obviously our, our goal and our expectation was to go there and win the whole thing. Um, but in saying that, you know, after you get back and you get that group back together, it's, you still look back and you, you accomplish a tremendous feat and it's extremely honor, an extreme honor to be. You know, the first team to be able to have won a championship in this league in the last three years. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think after that, you take a couple of weeks, you celebrate it. I think probably which most guys did in our group and the staff. And then, you know, we kind of told guys here, it is what it is. You're going to have to be back in the gym. You're going to have to be getting ready for next season. And, you know, I know last year, majority of our guys that were graduating, our guys are there aspiring to move on to the NHL and they were back in their NHL cities for development camps and training. And so I think to give you a pretty exact answer on that, I think it was about two weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, about that's, that's a, that's a vacation in this country, but uh, it's all you get, but um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I guess I tend to block out the Memorial cup, you know, like any sort of traumatic experience. I mean, you know, it's the way that, that our, system is set up a major junior with you know that you know two-thirds or maybe maybe a hundred percent of all the league depending on how it goes of the league champions still lose you know i mean you you, you go through the trouble of the wars and the trenches and you know all these all these terms we throw out there and you win the the seven game series or four of them and then and then you still come home disappointed you know and it's 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 so frustrating that it has to be that way but you know, for the for the one team that can pull it out, you know, I mean, you know, that's, you know, say that the, the 2014 Oil Kings for come to mind. But, you know, every other time it just seems like, you know, even after you you, you won the thing in the, the highest pinnacle of, of your your level and then and then you're you you still they are disappointed. It's 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 just so frustrating, you know, that even from uh even from the outside, somebody will never never sniff that level of hockey, you know. Yeah, you know, it's an, and and when I make that comment, I
1: don't like I I love it. Like I the Memorial Cup is the one of the hardest trophies to win in all sports because you got to win your league, you got to go through the trenches, and then you got to go to a tournament and play better teams, which I think is amazing and I think, you know, for that's what makes it so hard to win. Like it's really really hard to win that trophy and um that's what makes it so fun to chase after it. So I I think the the comment on it was more that you know you just feel for the guys you don't want to you don't want the season end on a damper mood and it was just about rejuvenating and reinforcing what they had accomplished and winning the WHL title and and you know how special of a title it was just because of what everybody had gone through in COVID and to be the team that's going to be the first team back in that trophy and you know to have some gaps in there it's uh, it's pretty special
0: yeah yeah and to see you know what the the oil kings have done historically you know i mean it's uh it's a pretty tough act to follow and and uh you know the 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 pieces that you've you've put in place i mean uh you know done a done a remarkable job of of uh you know keeping the, the oil kings in the in their you know top of the heap as they as they've tended tended to be since they came back into the league well i appreciate those comments and uh you know, it's been, it's been a great four years here.
1: I've been, I've been blessed to have a great uh, staff around me, um, support staff, obviously everybody who's doing the, the extra support work that you don't think about every day or the average fan doesn't, doesn't think about every day. And our billet coordinator, education advisors, you know, team dentists or w- whatever it may be. It's uh, you know, those people go the extra mile for, for, for our guys here and, you know, billet families are another one that come to mind that's, Without them, we don't uh, we don't have a league. We don't have players. We don't have a championship to even play for. Um, so, um, yeah, been really really fortunate to have good people around. And again, at all at the end of the day, it all reverts back to the players and how much they want to buy in and and how much they want to believe and trust in what you're uh, what you're trying to accomplish as a group.
0: Kurt, do you have any other you know final thoughts to to leave with our listeners about you know the journey that you've you've been through so far with this Oil Kings team? No, oh, I
1: think that was, you know, it's, it's been, it's been so much fun and, I'm um, looking forward to kind of the next uh, chapter here in Oil Kentucky. It's been, uh, you know, it was having a regular training camp again this year was just something that, you know, I know seeing our scouts there, they love that, that we're back to, to normal that way. And, you know, just the start of the season where we're not dealing with anything, anything COVID related and we're, we're up and running. So, um, you know, I think it's just, uh, you, it's, you're really fortunate to know that we're just, we're we're through it and we're playing and we're going to have a normal year this year, hopefully. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just looking to get back on that U S swing. We've been waiting to do for a few
0: years here. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it, you know, going South, before, I guess literally going South, but you know, going South <laughs> before, but that's, that's, that's really common. There's a lot of good teams that I don't know if it's the travel, the U S teams are usually pretty good and certainly physical and, it's there, uh, there's been some, you know, some good teams that, that come down here and, and, and and struggle. So you, you know, you wouldn't be the first or the last, but that's for sure. But, you know, and as far as this, this challenge, you know, that you're, you're facing now as far as, you know, rebuilding after a championship, I mean, that's probably, that's probably one of the biggest challenges in our league, but a nice problem to have, because that means you won the damn thing. So.
1: (laughs) No, it was a very rewarding year. And, uh, you know, I'm, more than confident we have uh, the players that we're developing and the, the people in place to, to get us back there again
0: all right kurt well i really appreciate your time and uh and safe travels on uh, on that upcoming road trip yeah look forward to seeing you in uh, portland chad